Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Voices That Cook. I'm your host, William Nunn, who is a host of this podcast here, who is a voice actor who also likes to cook, and I probably could have done that a bit better, but we're just going to move ahead and move along anyway, because I have a very special guest on today, and... um, I I would start to mention all sorts of stuff, but it's like, wow, your resume is incredibly vast. So <laughs> I'll I'll get through a lot of that little bits and chunks and such as we get to it. But I'm just going to go ahead and just say, you know what, everyone, say hello to Felicia. Or as some of you may know on the online world, Felicia Voices. Hello. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm very good. I uh, I am in my toasty attic, and the oh, the temp the temperature is starting to get to the point where autumn has begun. So it's actually not going to be a bad idea for me to be in a toasty environment like this, yeah. where it's going to be like yeah. starting to cool off outside, and now I'm in here. It's like it feels like things are going to balance out over the next few weeks. Yeah. Oh, that that's that's the hope. You're in Texas, right? Or uh, I'm in. Am I wrong? Uh, no. I'm in Tennessee. I was in Texas in a couple of weeks yes. ago. That's right. That's right. Okay, so Tennessee. So you, you're you're probably your fall is probably quite warm still. Yeah, it's going to be warm for <laughs> yeah. probably till November. For all okay. I know. <laughs> I'm praying for that here. I'm just like, all right, I'm in my booth, so I'm really warm right now. But I'm like, already, I need heaters and blankets. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. I am sure. And for those that don't know, you're all the way out in Canada, right? I'm in Canada. Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Nice. I've always wanted to go to Toronto. Yeah, it's a fun city. I like it. <laughs> I really want to try the poutines. That's what I really want to do. Poutine. I go there. Yeah. I mean, it's not as much of a of a huge food thing here. I would say maybe more in like Ottawa and uh, Quebec or Montreal and stuff. But uh, definitely, you got to try that. Um, shawarma i don't know a lot of food in toronto burgers pizza sushi so many things i do love shawarma so i i have a feeling that will be one of my go-tos for sure yeah so i wanted to ask because like well i normally start the show off with asking like how did you get into voice acting but Mm -hmm. i wanted to let everyone know that um earlier this year i actually got to do some training under felicia for a little bit and i learned quite a lot and it's really helped me out and a lot of it really came from singing so you have not only a background in voice acting but you're also an absurdly good singer so i kind of wanted to start out from that because singing is actually quite useful if you want to use your voice in front of a microphone on a daily oh, basis God. yeah 100 percent. yeah um yeah so I, yeah i started out in singing I, I i used trained like for years when i was younger um, and singing. And then I went to school actually for classical voice for opera. Uh, and then did that, did some education courses and then started teaching voice then. And then actually I thought I was going to be a, an opera singer for a while. So I tried to, or I pursued that. Uh, and then I just found voice acting as a hobby. And, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is what I want to do with my life. But it was definitely super helpful to have that music background a hundred percent. Wonderful. And what made it click for you that this was something you'd much rather do, doing voice acting? Mm, I don't know. I guess, like, the voice actors were my people, you know, when you talk about, like, finding your tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and opera is, is uh, it's not a easy way to make a living. Not that voice acting is either, but voice acting right away, I, I could see, like, there were projects I was a part of. It, it wasn't... 
it was like a really fun hobby and just it really fed my soul. <laughs> But while also, you know, making some money, whereas with opera, it's kind of the opposite. So. Mm. And what would you say are like your greatest strengths that you bring to voice acting from your many years of experience as a singer? As a singer, uh, definitely. Well, <laughs> where to start? Uh, breath control, uh, like 100%, just, just knowing the instrument. Because obviously voice acting is acting. You need to have the acting practice and acting study, but also the technique of just knowing like your voice really well. Um, and I knew what my voice could do. I knew like the highs, the lows, uh, how to sustain it, how to breathe, how, especially for like sessions like video games, right? Mm -hmm. um, that where I found it was like the most helpful, definitely. There's definitely a lot of video game roles where there would be, you know, people yelling and screaming or dying, <laughs> yeah. all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And I didn't know this till very recently, but you did share a clip where you were dying in an Assassin's <laughs> Creed game. Yeah. What can you that tell us funny. about that experience? Because that's just awesome to know that you're in, in that series. Yeah, that was okay. So that was Valhalla. Um, that was fun because it was recorded from my home studio during the pandemic not that one specifically mm -hmm. uh but the the like npc stuff uh that was in my home studio and then they brought me in for that character and i went into toronto but yeah i don't know that that character was a uh, It was funny because the director was like, can you make her meaner? <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't know how to be so mean. Um, but I'm actually pretty happy with how it turned out. So, It's very delightful. I, I recommend y'all yeah. give that a listen whenever y'all uh, want to hear that because it's, it's great. <laughs> it's really yeah. great. Um, I also wanted to ask about, this is a game that I don't think it's out yet, but it looks really cool. And whenever I have a new PC, I'd really like to get it. I've um I've seen little bits and pieces here and there about Samurai Zero. Um yeah. that looked really cool. I didn't know if you'd want to mention about that while we're on here. Oh, I mean like it's still in like its beginnings stage. Oh, okay. Um yeah, I think like they're still developing it and I'm like I've been brought in to do some scenes here and there. I'm not quite sure what I'm allowed to talk about, but it's like the developers have a lot of heart and and I'm really excited for it. Uh, especially the, the like such a cool world that they've created. So uh, I play Luna, and I don't know if she's been <laughs> released yet, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's like kind of like very excited, happy um, kind of leader. And yeah, I'm not quite sure. I don't know too too much about it yet. I, uh, it's you know games when you're making indie games, it's mm -hmm. a long process. True, <laughs> a lot of the times. <laughs> Um, from beginning to to end, I think I started that like two years ago. To be oh, wow. honest, mm -hmm. yeah. So we'll see what what happens with it, but I'm excited for it. I have I have not not gotten myself into a project that's an indie game, but one day I'm hoping I will, and I yeah. will be able to go. Okay, um, think about like how well. I'll obviously be patient with everyone, but also like yeah. let's see let's see what happens in two years and see if I can have. Any more information to share like you just did right now and save oh, your yeah. parent notes? Well, one game I, I'm not allowed to talk about yet, but it's like been four, three years, three mm -hmm. years in the making since I was first hired for it. Uh, so it just kind of gives you an idea of just it takes a long time to make games sometimes. It's it's a lot of moving parts, right? It is. And I, 
I, I, I feel a lot more appreciative of how video games are put together now that I'm starting to understand more of how they get put together. And especially from mm-hmm. the voice acting side where there's a lot of coordination and uh, co- uh, communication to yeah. make sure stuff works very well and yeah. the scripts are good and the performances are what they need to be. And there, there's a whole lot of moving parts that it just makes me go, even for an independent game, I find to be just as amazed when I see like maybe four or six people making something as incredible as something like uh, The Forgotten City, a game that I played not too long ago from mm-hmm. Modern Storyteller. I was yeah. really impressed that that small group of people made a, a game like that that started as a Skyrim mod. Did it really? Yeah. And it That's won like crazy. a lot of awards at the time. Yeah. And now it's like even better. And I'm sure it's going to win even more awards for how good its story is. Yeah. That's um, awesome. I, I just I, I really admire when something like that happens. And it just makes me want to play more independent games. And I really want a better <laughs> PC so I can play all the ones my friends are in. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's the thing. Like, you need the hardware. You need the tech, man. Uh, and especially with like the pandemic, it's made it so much harder to get <laughs> one th- to get gaming computers. This is very true. One thing yeah. that is, however, not too bad during a time like this, though, is being able to cook wonderful food, which um, mm-hmm. this now brings me to my question to you. Uh, what got you started in wanting to cook? Um, Good question. I love food. I am like I, I love like <laughs> one of the great pleasures of life. Yes. Uh, so I'm definitely an enjoyer of food. Uh, specifically wanting to cook. It's probably when I met my partner like 10 ish years ago. He's like an amazing cook. Uh, and so he kind of inspired me to to start being more creative with recipes and experimenting in the kitchen and just like trying new things. Um, although I, I stick more to like baking and he's more of the like chef, but, but we definitely trade off in the kitchen. So what's your, uh, what are some, well, let's see, what was, was there something that you had made back in your early stages of, of cooking that you were like, I can't believe I made that. And it's so damn good. (sighs) And it's so damn good. Oh, my, 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 uh, great aunt from Italy has a recipe for cannelloni so like the 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 pasta kind of dish and it's a special recipe and i made it once or when i first started like seven years ago eight years ago um and it's amazing it's like my favorite favorite pasta dish (laughs) so that that's something i'm pretty proud of what all does it take to make that or do you not want to spill the family secrets um well i mean okay so it's like cannelloni so it's it's like the ground beef and then ground pork half half and then you throw some prosciutto in there and then like you know you make that filling you put some nutmeg marsala and then you stuff that into pasta and then you smother it with sauce and you bake it and it's so good that sounds amazing (laughs) yeah i'm I'm really glad i had a big lunch today otherwise my stomach would have been growling incessantly over that (laughs) yeah I know when I think of it, it's so much work because you have to make it the day ahead because uh, mm. you need like a whole day to let the flavors melt. But but it's I don't make it often because it's a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it. That's probably going to be me when I start to make my own pizza. I'm going to be like, this is probably going to be like a once a month or once every two months sort of ordeal. Unless <laughs> I just keep doing it because I'm I as I've told people on this show before, I'm I'm a little nervous about doing it because I've screwed up with baking a few times. 
So I want to make sure I do it right. And I'm going to make a Roman pizza whenever I do. Yeah. I mean, well, pizza's like really forgiving, though. Like, you just make the dough and then you just throw whatever you want. And if you have the proper technique or not proper, but more like the technique that works for baking pizza at home, Mm -hmm. uh, then you can make some really, really awesome pizza. So don't let it don't be afraid, Will. (laughs) I, I am making sure to tell myself not to do that. In fact, I'm even thinking to myself, now that it's October as of the time of this recording, and uh, I could say this mantra would technically work well for anything, but since it's supposed to be sp- spooky season, if there's yeah. something that you really want to do, but you're too scared to do it, this is the time to do it. And that's what I keep I know, telling myself. I know, this is the time to challenge ourselves, right? Oh, yes. I'm, um, I'm even in the early stages of putting together my first demo, which I'm uh, oh, nice. quite excited about. So I'll... I'll share more information about that when we get uh, closer to it's – well, I may I may just yeah. talk about some when it's out probably by then because I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm very excited with how it's going so far. It's a very fun process. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think if I were to have any other things I'd mention as far as like if I've ever made anything that takes a very long time and can only be done like just every other month or so – for me, it's honestly birria tacos because there is mm. so much uh, – there's a lot of stuff you need to do and it takes a while to marinate. But you also need to make sure that uh, you've got very good tortilla shells, which I have learned. Like that can make or break how you have a taco put together. And please do not add lime juice while it's cooking on a skillet. <laughs> Just save that for after it's off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever, I don't think, I think I've seen you make those, but I don't think I've ever had them. What, what is required? Like, so it's a taco shell. So you want to start out making what's basically a birria mixture with uh, dicing chilies and removing Mm -hmm. the seeds Mm -hmm. and uh, blending them with some water. And then you uh, strain them and then you add, you sear in uh, a lot of beef at least three pounds worth, and you can use oh, chuck wow. roast. This is usually what I use, but I've seen people also use like oxtail and uh, mm. short short ribs, uh, and that's that's a way for you to be able to just have like a, a multi-flavor of beef that way, but I just find it easier to use just chuck roast by itself, and chuck roast is good. Um, and then uh, after the chuck roast has been seared, and you want to make sure it's seared uh, – at high heat, at least like uh, I think it's like two to three minutes on each side. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Then you'll want to like add in onions to the pot, add in garlic, add in uh, your meat. After all of that, oh no, no, you want to add tomato paste, and then add in your meat, and then all of the seasonings that you plan to use. I like to use cinnamon sticks. Um, cinnamon sticks. That sounds really good. Cinnamon sticks. Uh, Terrigen, I believe. Let me let me pull up my recipe just so that mm-hmm. I don't uh, I don't miss out anything here. So um, you would add in uh, cinnamon sticks, uh, three bay leaves, coriander, cumin, oregano, and a bit of terrigen, and some. Uh, and then you add in your chili sauce after you've added in all those seasonings. And then you can um, add in some water that will allow you to almost completely submerge the beef. So that all the chili liquid and seasonings, like once they started heating together slowly over two and a half hours at least. Two then, and a half hours. Oh, yeah. So it's a slow cook. That sounds yep, good. Yep. 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 It's going to make them – It's the, the thing you'll want to do is make sure that once you have the meat out, 
um, after that time has passed, then you're going to want to make sure that it's easy to pull apart, which if it's not, uh, do not do, don't do what I did in the most recent rendition I did for the birria tacos. Cause I was cooking in a different kitchen. <laughs> I was in my friend Kelsey's place and it was like, uh Oh, this is not quite easy to cook yet. It smells amazing. We're not there yet. So rather than like be kind of wanting to hurry it up and turn up the temperature, you're kind of turning your meat that would probably be roughly like, we'll just give it the example of like, it could have been a medium rare or a medium. And now you're turning it into a medium well, well done, which is going to make cutting it just a little bit thicker. And Mm -hmm. it just makes that whole cutting process a bit a bit more strenuous. So I just say, don't worry about turning up your temperature on it. Just, just let it simmer longer. Go back to watching star Wars visions like we were doing and just (laughs) keep, just keep at it. Just, just let it just, just, you know, put it back in. Don't change the temperature. And after maybe a couple of episodes have passed, go back and see how it's feeling. If it feels like it's going to fall apart easily. Cool. Then you've, you've done what I, what I wish I did, which that's another thing. We learn by just doing it multiple times over and over yeah. again. And making mistakes and failing. And sometimes time is like, isn't it a necessary ingredient? <laughs> it is. It really yeah. is. And it's and a lot of cooking is really easy when you just keep an eye on it or at least think about the schedule of how you're doing it. Because as yeah. long as you can be like that, you're not going to worry about your stuff burning or being overcooked or anything. And yeah. then and then after you get um after you get all that situated with the meat, you can put the shredded meat back in the pot so it can marinate with the gloriously good smelling chili sauce broth that you've created. Yeah. And take out the uh cinnamon sticks and the bay leaves and then uh basically you can uh add in oil to your skillet and then dunk your uh tortilla shell inside the broth. And then put it on the skillet to heat. And it's going to give it that beautiful red colored coloration. Really? Okay. And so much yummy flavor there too. And then you can add in – we actually used Oaxaca cheese this time and it's very good. But it's a mm-hmm. lot thicker to like add in than mozzarella. So if you're going to use Oaxaca cheese, um, probably don't be like over generous like I was. Where I was like so excited <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's trying to literally – keep the taco from moving i gotta yeah that's what i do though i always add extra fillings (laughs) and i'm like this is necessary but then it falls apart yeah that's that's where it's like uh you almost need to do it like uh like with with the meat i use my tongs to take the shredded meat out and i just tell myself only do that two or three times for each taco so that Mm -hmm. way you have enough to where you don't have to worry about it falling apart and you also can make sure that um there is at least enough for one shell. And if you have uh, flour tortillas, they might be able to hold more meat. I used to do corn tortillas a whole lot, but they would you would have I'd have to microwave mine real quick just to make sure that yeah. they don't fall apart while they're on a skillet for me for, for yeah. most occasions. But they taste so good. They really do. And I do <laughs> I think I love corn, corn tortillas. I do think corn tortillas are magnificent on so many levels, but I think it is easier to construct birria tacos with flour tortillas so if you're like if it's like your first time do it with flour tortillas and then try Mm -hmm. corn tortillas for like leftovers yeah Yeah. oh good to know thanks for the advice of course and also (laughs) it's nice to sometime to also add in uh 
some some diced onion inside of your taco and uh, some yes. cilantro as well. And, no, no, not oh, cilantro. So I'm you, one of those people. <laughs> so you would prefer parsley then? Yeah, I can't like I've grown to like it over the years, but it's definitely not something I go to. Okay, so that's for anyone who doesn't like, like for anyone who doesn't like cilantro, parsley works just fine. That's what I did on my first batch of birria tacos, and it is mm-hmm. very parsley is very good in birria tacos. Okay, good to know. And I can, you can substitute. And then once your tacos are ready, get a soup spoon and uh, put your broth in that in that in a bowl. And add in your sweet onion and uh, your cilantro or parsley, depending on preference, and stir it up. And then you dip your taco inside and you look at it. You try not to cry. You eat it and then you start crying. <laughs> and then you see God. <laughs> Pretty much. Or, 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 or in my case, it would be uh, it would be Paul Atreides because I'm a doom nut. Um <laughs> But I oh that's coming out soon, isn't it? It is, and I finally got I'm my so IMAX excited. ticket after waiting a oh. day. Like everyone else on the everyone else on the planet, well, not the planet, but everyone else in the United States that I'm aware of that has a IMAX theater at least an hour or less near them. They were like, "I finally got my ticket! I finally got my ticket!" I'm just sitting here like. <laughs> Memphis doesn't have tickets yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm giving water to the dead. That's a phrase some of you will know in a few weeks. Um, but I am super happy I finally got a ticket yesterday and I got a good spot. And it's also at one of those IMAX theaters that serves really good food. So I'm oh, also nice. just going to have dinner and probably a, probably a nice drink while I'm there because yeah. I've been waiting for this well. movie for so long. I. Um, yeah, <laughs> it looks pretty good. When does it re- when it's releasing? I, uh, it's releasing totally October twenty first. Twenty first. Okay. Yes, that's right. Yes. Um, so we got like literally yeah. two weeks from tomorrow. So okay, I wonder if I should get my tickets now soon too. You prob- then you probably should. I wonder. Yeah. And- and if you have any questions after the movie is over, I will be happy to answer them. Okay. <laughs> I will definitely mess you. I'll be like, well, what does this mean? Yes. Because I, I didn't read Dune, so I I definitely am un, uninitiated. I am very curious to see, and this is going to be very funny, because by the time this episode comes out, I will have seen the movie already. Mm-hmm. And I will be like, okay, they they may have glossed over some things on the Butlerian Jihad. They might have not mentioned a whole lot of stuff here. But in case people are like, what is that? They could talk about it in part two or they could, you Mm. know, put it in other supplemental information. I'm hoping they will for, you know, just because I feel like with a movie like this, there's so much information that it's a good idea to have it in two parts. Yeah. Um, But I'm curious to see if there's going to be anything where like people are still like, I'm not sure what that was about. Yeah. But and it, then they'll just have to live with not knowing, or but, they'll get to read the book. But one thing I am happy about is that some people who have gone back and seen it a second time already, they've said that it makes more sense on the second time. So it's like, okay, okay. it's just like the book where the first time you go through it, you might be like, I can't believe this stuff's going on right now. This is so strange. And very interesting and fascinating. And then you go back through it a second time. It's like, I totally missed that. How did I miss that the first time? 
Because there's yeah. so much information to keep in your brain that when you go back, it's like, they were totally setting up for that moment. Yeah. I love that. That's a hallmark of good writing, right? When there's like, there's just one level and you go back and you can find more. And yeah. It's, oh, it's, really, it's really funny when Dune basically drops spoiler alerts and you have no idea. <laughs> yeah it's it's great stuff like that and i yeah. i am very very excited for everyone to go see it and for those of you listening if you have seen it i hope that you let me know what your thoughts were um i guess my uh my next question for you is do you have a favorite recipe Hmm. good question um probably the cannelloni uh other than that no because i i just like trying out so many different things so i don't really go back to one recipe over and over again um other than maybe like sourdough that's not really a recipe though that's more Ooh, of a i do technique. love sourdough bread <laughs> yeah actually that's more of like science you're always experimenting and trying something new so i now i now want to ask how do you make sourdough oh it's a whole lifelong process no it's uh you have to make a starter. So your starter, you can buy it or you can make it. And the starter is essentially the wild yeasts in the air that have fermented and have eaten the sugar in the flour water mixture. And that's acts as your like your wild yeast, essentially, mm -hmm. to rise the bread. And because of the way it works, because of the stuff that the bacterial colony is doing, it it, it makes the the dough quite sour so that's where it gets its its name um so you got to make the starter that takes like two weeks <laughs> and then you make the bread and and you do that by like you have to add the starter to like a whole bunch of flour and water and then you leave that overnight and then depending on the technique you you either like knead it or you can just fold it and stretch it um it's usually like a two-day process depending on you can make it probably in one day but it changes the flavor um, yeah, so you do that, you stretch it, fold it, let it rise, shape it, and then you put it into the bread batons, let it rise there, and then you bake it in a really hot oven that has a Dutch oven inside of it uh, for for home bakers because it it stimulates or it simulates the the like professional bakers ovens have steam that gets mm -hmm. injected into it. So if you bake in a Dutch oven, it makes that like really nice crispy crust that's like really crunchy when you bite bite into it. Yeah, so you you bake it at like five hundred, then you drop the oven to like four fifty. Um, yeah, and it just I mean, there's different techniques, but that's kind of like the basics of it. And then you can have different types of flours and different types of starters, and um, they all change the the flavor the flavor profile, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, I, I, I find it fun. I always add like a whole bunch of different things to it. Um, yeah. This is, this is hilarious. Um, I was, I was just thinking to myself, there was a time where making chili scared me mm -hmm. and now I'm like, bread is what is, is my, is my big fear right now. <laughs> it's like just making yeah. bread, anything. It's like all of that just sounds like I have no idea how I could do some of that. Some of it yeah. made sense to me because of the research I've done. But yeah. then I'm like, what's a starter? <laughs> yeah, the starter is basically like your, sorry, I'm not clear. It's like your wild yeast. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're yeah, making yeah, yeah, a yeah. yeast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's kind of like I like it because it's like a science. Um, you're you're always like changing things, and you also have to be aware of like the temperature of your water and the temperature of your environment. So your kitchen, it can't be too hot, can't be too cold, because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise it will rise too fast, and then you'll get overproof dough. <laughs> yes, speaking as a professional baker, no, I'm not. But um, <laughs> it's not so, like don't I? I make it sound like so crazy, but honestly, you just got to start experimenting. Mm-hmm. I've made I made so many failures that were hard, just hard bread, like Ooh. rocks. Um, but then you just keep trying, and eventually, you get get the hang of it. The more you do it, have you ever? Do you ever do uh, slap and folds? Slap and folds? Yeah, for, um, for some bread or dough. I do like folding. So like I lift and then I fold the dough over. What's a slap and fold? Is that like I've seen that for <laughs> I've seen that for pizza doughs where they literally mm-hmm. will like slam it on the counter and then oh, fold it over and then slam yeah. it again, fold it, and then like just mm-hmm. leave it alone for a bit. Yeah, that's to to, to build the gluten. Like the gluten, which is what makes it nice and chewy and springy. Uh, so you got to beat up the dough a bunch <laughs> in order to do that. So I usually just like knead it um, mm-hmm. with my hands, like punch the dough a bunch. But that's just like a different technique. Who would have thought? Like I almost would like to imagine whoever came up with the idea for making bread like that just was having a really bad day. He <laughs> started beating the crap out of his bread and realized, yeah. oh, this is great. <laughs> this makes it so much better. Holy Why didn't shit. I beat it up before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's like nothing. There's nothing as good as like freshly made loaf with like cheese and salami and mm. olives is like my favorite thing. Mm, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Oh, some red wine. Okay. I'm like in heaven. Yes. I love, I love <laughs> wine with bread. And I also... I'm trying to think. There was something that I would usually like to dip bread in. I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Uh, sometimes like melted, juice. Melted, but oh, juice. Good call. Um, juice, yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to. I, I, if I ever remember it, I'll let you know. But it's just one of those things where it's like I'll, I will forget about it now, and then mm-hmm. two weeks from now, I'm gonna be doing something completely random and go, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Melted butter, um, dipping bread in soup. Yes, yes, that's um, it. That's it. Soup. Chicken uh, chicken taco soup. I love dipping bread in that. Mm, yeah. That's yeah, one of yeah, my yeah. favorite soup recipes is Or like soup. soup with bread bowl. <laughs> Ooh, I need to do that someday. <laughs> Double layer. Yeah. I need to do that someday. That sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm not hungry. I'm just I'm just emotional. I know. <laughs> we just really feel passionately about our food. Okay. We really do. And yeah, it, it, I I also have to ask this question: Do you have any favorite songs to sing while you cook? Um. Oh, that's a good question. Um. Why did like my mind go to? That Italian song when you're like <laughs> spinning when you're spinning pizza dough, you know, nun, 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 nun. <laughs> yeah. like so stereotypical. I do not sing that while I cook. I usually just like sing whatever thing is in my head, like whatever earworm is in my head that week. Um, but yeah, I don't have a specific song. Do you have a specific song you like to sing while cooking? Um, there are times where I like to go into, um, I don't know if you've seen the Thomas Jane Punisher movie, 
Um, no. There's there's a scene in that movie where he's about to fight this really big, tough Russian thug who's just called the Russian. And okay. one of his neighbor, one of the Punisher's neighbors, has Russian opera on in the background. And it just has this sort of <laughs> There's times where I'll sing that randomly. Yeah, that's La Donna Immobile from the opera Rigoletto. Nice. Nice yeah, to have so now that you know. nice to have that uh title there, because literally <laughs> my one shots D D character podcast episode that uploaded today, Odysseus Claus saying part of that. <laughs> oh nice. Great. Yes. <laughs> well, you should know that song. The guy who sings it is a jerk. Is he? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, what do you call him? The Don Juan. He sleeps with like so many women. And then he's like, women are fickle. They don't know what they want when he is like being the worst person of them all. And just anyways, but it's a catchy song. Oh it's a catchy gosh. tune. Oh my gosh. I'm about to tell, hey, Odysseus, do you realize that that song you sang in the shower over at Obi's place, that was actually a very nasty song? It was? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Oh, I had no idea. I, I I feel so oh, I feel so bad seeing it. But but why does it sound so catchy and joyful? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Because the writers are good. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't feel yeah. too bad, Odysseus. Okay, well Poor guy. I'll just we'll see y'all in Avernus. All right, Odysseus. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Odysseus. <laughs> I, I've had a few guest characters just randomly show up in the show. I've had Demon Dorothy. I've had Odysseus Claw. Just uh, for those That's of awesome. for those of you who don't know, Demon Dorothy is basically the the creature responsible for hailstorms. Um, and uh, I don't know. Would you like to Would you like to say hello to Demon Dorothy real quick? Oh yeah. Where's Demon Dorothy? Uh, she is. Uh, oh gosh, she just came in the booth. Hey, Venetia, how's oh. it going? <laughs> it's, it's going good. I'm just chatting here with Will. How are uh, you doing? That's splendid. I'm doing good. In fact, I actually was trying to get myself into a new career. I want to oh. do singing as well. Oh, nice. Well, I fully support everyone who wants to sing. A hundred percent. Anyone can learn. So. You can learn, Demon Dorphy. Oh, I feel very confident about that, and I feel very <laughs> great that you actually said that because you have a pretty voice. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, yeah. William, what was that thing that you told me that you liked to do with the singing? Oh, it's the whole, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> No, 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 it's... That's really Good. Oh, that's oh, that's good. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been improving. <laughs> yes, you've been improving, uh, Dorothy. Why don't you uh, go 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 re- rehearse and do what you need to do? I need to drink some water. That sounds good. Nice to meet you, Vita. Nice to meet you. Bye. You Bye. Now I have to drink my water. Yeah. Uh, 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 pro tip, <laughs> do some hums. <laughs> hums are always good. Or or singing through the straw, that's always a good one to cool the voice down after Ooh. something intense. I've actually yeah. never done that before. I should do that. Yeah, it's a great, it's, it's, uh, 
called a semi-occluded vocal technique exercise. Um, so either singing through a straw, into a cup of water, or doing things like... Um, yeah, all of that. Those are all like the same type of exercise. Mm-hmm. And they, they just... Uh, yeah, they help the voice. They help the voice cool down. That's one exercise I need to up. do more often. There's, there's times where mm-hmm. I don't do the... I don't do that as often as I should, but yeah. I but I would really like yeah. to because it's very fun. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, you just do it before you warm up, like before you do anything in the booth. You just or you do it in the shower or like you just kind of walk around the house making weird noises, just sliding. Your the goal is to just get the whole vocal fold active, right? Oh yes. Um, so that when you do any voice work, you don't hurt yourself. Very true. Very true. And yeah. I definitely feel grateful that I've had a couple of classes where I had some creature training involved. So yeah. being able to do Demon Dorothy is not as awful as it probably sounds. But mm-hmm. I will say if I have if I had like a lot of auditions to do afterwards, which I'll probably save them for tomorrow because uh, mm-hmm. I literally just got back from a trip. Um, I would I would probably be like, Demon Dorothy is probably not going to show up today just for the sake of safety. Yeah. So, and hey, you got to, I mean, you got to be able to sustain that because like, what if you get cast as Demon Dorothy in something? This is true. <laughs> then you have to sustain that for a whole series. I know. And that's that's one of those things where it's like, I know I'm not ready for like a four hour commitment with Demon Dorothy. Yeah. But I would like to get there. I'm definitely... Mm-hmm. I'm definitely feeling more comfortable on multiple things. Odysseus's kind of voice, that sort of, and I'm here to talk like this and be all yeah. nice and kind and theatrical. Um, I could do him for a whole day. And yeah, he sounds like really, really, uh, like he sits in a great place in your voice. Yes. Um, and yeah. Then the... But I mean, you still have to be able to find uh, like the places that those challenging characters set too, right? Oh, yes, which I'm also glad I can do my David voice for a while, which is basically this, uh, Oh, ye mighty Cafolo, praise ye for all his gloriousness and sensations and incredible madness! <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that's awesome. them. So that, that sort of approach is very fun to do. And those are the two really wild voices that I feel like I could do mm-hmm. for... Not only ours, which D and D has helped me so much with that. So oh, for gosh. anyone that's it like, does, doesn't it? For anyone who's like, I would like to do more creature voices, but I can't. I can't do stuff with like coaches or whatever. Well, saving up is good, but just also you can D&D. do you can do D and D, and that's that's just that's just free improv. That's free improv yeah. to do, and yeah. it's so much fun. And I can't wait to get back yeah. to it soon. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm playing a Blades in the Dark campaign with uh, with my friends, and so it's like similar to D and D, just a different uh, system. And it's it's been like a good reminder of just like you know, be in the character, just play an improv, don't overthink it, and just have fun, right? Oh yes, and <laughs> it's also just comforting to know that you don't have to know all of the rules off the top of your yeah. head. It's good to have note cards, but it's it's almost like there is a bit of a referee aspect that DM has to have, but if you can come up with a really fun idea, a really cool idea, or an idea that just makes sense for the circumstance or would just be really hilarious and fun, it can it can work very well if you roll the dice the way it needs to. And um, yeah. that's just where I think it's really fun, where like I had someone who was in my party who is really big and strong literally throw David, who's a fat gnome, 
into a flying devil, and because oh. we got the rolls right and we had them high enough, uh, I was able to literally impale the flying demon with a silver sword <laughs> in the air, and we cr- and I got David to literally bring him to the ground, and it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, you can get epic stuff like that with with D&D. I think the most epic thing Odysseus Claw has ever done in a campaign, though, was probably be able to uh, literally become a sensation overnight at a nightclub (laughs) over at Candle Keep. It wasn't like a traditional nightclub. It was like a tavern sort of spot, but it's the closest you can get to a nightclub in a place like that. Yeah, in in D&D land. And the most beautiful elven woman that was there who was like – royalty over the, over over there in that part of town she mm-hmm. she she took notice of him it was like that's great oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome whereas whereas the most epic thing david has ever done he literally called out to a deity uh that was not his own just to a- ask for help on a bridge and the other person that i play as besides odysseus and um David, who is a girl named Rhea Mantlehorn, it's her deity that he's calling to, and he, and the deity answered David's request while she's been praying constantly to this deity about trying to save her city, Elturel, which is currently stuck in Avernus, and it's like... How can you answer to David but not to me? This is why I've been having such struggling feelings towards my religious beliefs. <laughs> Deities are our dicks in D&D. They really are. And they can also they be, can be yeah. they can also be fun therapy sessions at times. Yeah. You're like, why? Just listen to me. Why is this happening? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Let's go kill somebody. No, no, no. Just there, there, and there's even moments where uh, my characters will do something, and I don't even think about. It. I just let the characters make something happen, and my friend who was in the party with me will do something similarly, and it's like really like I know we're in Avernus, some dark stuff's happening, but it's like mm-hmm. anyone like if we want to like make sure someone isn't gonna talk. To tell these bad guys where we are, we could have like done a diplomatic sort of exchange. We could have yeah. interrogated the guy. Instead, we decided to eat him. <laughs> to eat him. It always there's always someone who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just go all over that and let's murder. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, come on, and, we're still trying to live in this world. And the D and the DM was like, do the both of are the both of you okay? Do y'all need therapy? And we're like. Dude, we're, it's this, this is what our characters do. We, I would not want to eat a person. I do no, not want to do that. but your character does. But my character would, especially since that is part of my character's original backstory where Odysseus is willing to eat bad people. So <laughs> if they're bad people, he will eat them. That, that, that's yeah. in his character. So it's like, it's going to happen if everyone's cool with it and everyone, everything tastes awful in a furnace <laughs> everyone, anyway. Are you guys cool with it? Are you cool if I eat this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> everyone, Everyone's cool with it except the DM, but he just lets it happen anyway just because he's yeah. like, why? Why are these people the ones that I have to work with? <laughs> That's the like the curse of the DMA. Eh? They have like all these plans, and then their their um, actors oh. wait. Their players just go crazy, right? Oh, there was one. There was one that like he was really wanting us to do this mission to help out these uh, villagers 
that were mm-hmm. it was in a village gonna be in a village that was not too far away from our destination, but we were so adamant about getting to Avernus or at least Candle Keep so we could get some lore uh now to figure it out because that I was already in my plans of one shot D character podcast where I actually excuse me, where I have Odysseus uh as of next week, he will be in Avernus in my camp in mm-hmm. my series. So there's like two oh. storylines happening simultaneously where he's in uh, Avernus, but in our campaign, he's literally, you know, not way too far off. He could go and help these people, but it takes so long for sessions to, you know, go from one place to the other sometimes yeah. that we're like, yeah. nah, nah, we're, we're not going to help him. We're we're going to keep going. <laughs> and it's like, dude, come on, come Aww. help us. We need your help. We, we're going to die if you don't. No, nah, we're we're just gonna keep going. Nah. Oh, <laughs> and, you jerks! And then there was this monster that we went up against. In uh, I don't actually no, it wasn't a monster. I don't remember what it was, but it was some sort of creature that we went up against in Avernus that would have been easier to kill if we had gotten a certain weapon or a certain item that we would have gotten if we had gone over and helped those people. <laughs> so, so consequences you, know, you have to be good exactly yes <laughs> that's why but that's why i like this um this blades in the dark system mm-hmm. because like there's nothing to prepare for the dmi like there's a little bit for the dm to prepare um but it's just like you kind of roll with it and there's you have to roll and you have to roll for initiative you have to roll for stuff but it's way less way less stuff that uh than dnd um and it makes for kind of like a very fast uh, intuitive session because um you just say this is what i want to do this is what happened if there's anything that like you you don't want to have happen you just say flashback and then you have to explain how you did that thing and if the dm agrees with it then you have done that thing it's a fun system that's amazing and that's yeah, that's, that's really more cool. of something i would probably want to do as a dm so i may have to look mm-hmm. into that yeah check it out um yeah i highly, it's a, it's kind of like a steampunk i guess you would say like a more steampunk world but mm-hmm. i'm sure you could just use the system in whatever world you want what's it called again blades in the dark blades in the dark i will uh look that up <laughs> after we finish here which um if i have any more questions for you i'm trying to think if there's at least one more question um i guess um hmm i hear a plane <laughs> flying over my head that is a question that is a statement. That is a statement. That's not a question. <laughs> that is a statement. I, well. Oh, well, I'm actually looking at uh, Grogu, who is looming above me in my booth right now. Hey, Grogu, little baby Yoda. <laughs> um, I guess my final question for you is, do you have a booth buddy? I used to have my booth buddy, but I moved him and I don't know where he is. He's a little fox called Mr. Fox. Aww. Um, oh, wait, no. Is he here? I'm looking underneath my desk. No, no, I have a little other beanie baby guy that doesn't have a name. Aww, but that... Mr. Fox is my booth buddy. <laughs> I hope you find Mr. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little toy that I've like brought on my travels for like five years, six years now. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of stays with me in my booth. Except for right now when I've lost him. But I've got <laughs> I'll look for him now. I've got Grogu over here, which Grogu is I thought I would use him for, like, if I needed someone to bounce off with to, you know, make it feel mm-hmm. like I'm talking to another person if I'm by myself. But really, it's just whenever I come in here and I see him, I smile. So I feel I feel yeah. happier when I come in here. It's like, oh, hello. 
The only oddity is that he is weighted very much like a baby, where his head is heavier than the what? rest of his body. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> so I have to ha- make sure he is propped against the pillows. So that way he's uh, – I've got pillows and quilts in here in case no one knows. Um, he's he's uh, he's he's just sitting here just kind of looking above me right now. But when I walk in, I have eye level. And he's he's just nice to say hello to and see. But if I were to like have him in front of me right now with where I am in the booth, he would probably fall over. Yeah. Well, I mean, just knowing that he's there supporting you. <laughs> Thank you, Grogu. It probably means a lot. I, yeah. I feel the force flowing through me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need when you're recording, right? You need to have a good environment, stuff that makes you happy and, and in a good good mindset to, to do some good work. And that also helps with cooking, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does. Uh, Felicia, I had such a wonderful time having you on the show, and Aww. I'm I'm grateful to not only have learned from you in the past, but also just <laughs> being able to interact with you has been fun. And yeah, I hope uh, we get to uh, hang out again at some point. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Where can the listeners yeah. of Voices That Cook follow you? Um, they can follow me on Twitter uh, at Felicia Voices or Instagram. I think it's real Felicia Valenti is Instagram or just my website, FeliciaValenti.com. There you go. And for those of you who want to follow me as well, you are welcome to follow me on Instagram at The Voice That Cooks and on Twitter at Voice That Cooks. And I don't have a website yet, but now that I'm working on a demo, I think I think websites should be something time. I should figure out. <laughs> yeah, it's time. Well, <laughs> it is time. I need to get that. Yeah. Need to get that organized. I do have a friend I can talk to about a website, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but other than that, like, if for those of you who have access to uh, a podcast app that you're listening to this on that has the ability to review do leave us a review let us know what you think of the show follow the show if you want to hear the next episode and if you want to hear more of odysseus claw and david miscavage feel free to follow one shots DD character podcast as well in fact i am willing to bet that by the time this episode is online uh the avernus saga which concludes season one will have been wrapped up so you could experience that story in its entirety by the time this episode is out. So feel free, have fun. And also for the interview out there who are like, you know, maybe inspired by listening to this episode to want to cook and try out some of these recipes, especially those uh, sourdough recipes that uh, and birria taco <laughs> recipes we talked about earlier. Let us, let us know, share your photos. Uh, we'd love to see them. And uh, I do not remember what my outro is. I had an outro in the <laughs> outro last here. episode. Outro here. Like a whole sentence, whatever it was. I'll I'll try to remember it for episode eight. And for those of you who already know, y'all know I've been I've been like trying to figure out an outro for a while. And like, oh, I had one last episode. What was it? Uh, eat food. Have a good day. And I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll get be it sorted food, out. Be well and voice all the characters. <laughs> we're, 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 we're still in season one. <laughs> oh, that was, that was funny. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I hope to see you, well, hope to hope that you get to come back and hear another episode of Voices That Cook. 